Over the past few weeks, we've looked at the past, we've looked at the present, and today I am excited to look at the future. I haven't always been excited about the future, I have to be honest with you. The future used to scare me. The future was like this place I just didn't want to go. It was the unknown. I've said before that there's comfort in the past because we have a tendency to remember it better than it really was. And, and even the present, on a bad day, we tend to think this day will be over in a few hours. And we'll get past this. But the future has always just been kind of a wow to me. What, what's next? What's around the corner? Where am I going to go? Uh, there was a time, like I said, the, the future just scared me. I was like one of the 12 spies that went into Canaan and, and came back scared. The future scared me because of this simple reason. God was not involved in my present. And I'll tell you, when God is not involved in your present, your hopes for the future are weak at best. But when God is involved in your present, it doesn't matter what's going on around you. Those giants in the land that God has promised, yeah, they aren't so big. I want to start out today, I want to look at that story uh, of the 12 men who went to spy on Canaan. You remember them? Ten were bad and two were good, okay? Those 12 spies, it's recorded in the book of Numbers. They were a group of Israelite chieftains and one from each of the 12 tribes. They were dispatched by Moses to scout out the land of Canaan. They were there for 40 days. They were looking at it as a future home for the Israelite people, as promised by God. And during the time, the Israelites, were, they were in the desert. It was coming out of Egypt, out of the Exodus. And that story is found in Numbers chapter 13, verses 1 through 14. God had promised Abraham way back that there would be a promised land for the nations to come out of his son Isaac. The land of Canaan, where the spies went to explore, was that same promised land. And when ten of those twelve spies came back and told lies about the land, they were actually slandering what they believed God had promised them. You see, they didn't believe that God could help them. Like I said, when God is not part of your present, your future can look bleak and hopeless. And the crazy thing is, the people, the whole nation of Israel, were persuaded that it was not possible to take the land. As a result, the entire nation was made to wander in the desert for 40 years, almost until the entire generation of men had died. Joshua and Caleb were the two spies who brought back a good report, the two spies who came back and believed that God would help them succeed. They were the only two men from their generation permitted to go into the promised land after that time of wandering for 40 years. Now, as we've looked at the past, and then we've looked at the present the last few weeks, we've seen that God, that Yahweh, provided safe passage for the Israelites through the Red Sea. We've seen that Yahweh provided for the Israelites in the desert. And today, we're going to see that Yahweh will also provide for our future. The promise of the promised land. Ten of these 12 spies came back and they said they saw giants. They saw fierce people that were an unconquerable land even for God. That was basically their report. Uh, that's my version of their report, but that's what it was. And it amazes me when I read that story how a simple majority can throw the whole nation of Israel off track with lies and dissension. Yeah, because these men convinced the nation of Israel they couldn't win the battle God did not allow those people into the promised land at this time, and they were made to wander in the desert for 40 years. But Joshua and Caleb, because of their faith, they were the only two men of their generation allowed to see, conquer, and live in the promised land. Because Joshua and Caleb knew something. They knew that Yahweh provides for the future. And that is something that we need to know 
And that is something that we need to believe. And it's the same God who delivered and sustained then will deliver and sustain now. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you again that we can be here, that we can open your word, that we can look at the future and not fear and not fret and not be concerned about what tomorrow will bring because you are here in our present. I thank you for that. I thank you for your strength and and the courage that we draw from your word and from a relationship with you. I pray, Lord, as we look at the future, that we will look at how we fit in to the future that you've laid out, that we can go and honor you. So I pray that you'll open our hearts to your word, that that your presence will be known here this morning, that the Lord, when we leave here today, will be different than how we came. Lead us into the future. May we go boldly there for you. Amen. I really want to focus in today on Joshua chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. And, and to sum this whole thing up in just a few words, you have never been this way before. Joshua chapter 3, verse 4. It says this, However, there shall be between you and it a distance of about 2,000 cubits by measure. It, by the way, is the Ark of the Covenant being carried by the priest. And the people were to stay 2,000 cubits behind it, that you may know the way by which you shall go. For you have not passed this way before. I love what Joshua says in verse 5. Then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. You know, for Huntsville Christian Church, we turn 50. It may seem that tomorrow begins just another year. Even though it will be a new year for us. Everything is basically the same. We're going to be involved in the same things. Our kids will still be going to the same schools. And for the most part, we'll be working at the same jobs and living in the same neighborhoods and hanging out with the same friends. Our plans are pretty much as individuals just to keep life the same. There are many ways, though, that a new year like this presents a new path. It presents new choices for us. It presents, new, it presents new beginnings. It, it presents new ministries, new service opportunities. In our text, Joshua has assumed leadership of Israel. Moses led them for 40 years through the wilderness, wandering. And they're now on the border of a new country, a land of milk and honey. And though they, they'd wandered for 40 years, they faced many trials and dangers. Joshua affirms them, no matter where we've been, we have never been this way before. Today, I want to make that same statement for Huntsville Christian Church. As individuals and as a collective group of Christians, we have been a lot of places in the last 50 years. We have done a lot of things. But I can tell you this, we have never been this way before. I've personally never been this way before. As a congregation, we've never been this way before. We've never headed in this direction either. I look at this new year, we've turned 50, and I look at this next year as an opportunity for a new path. I said a few weeks ago in a sermon that, that after the first 10 years, a church begins to lose its impact in its community. And I got to thinking, wow, what happens after 50 years in a community? And I also said in that same message that I'm not sure what the next 10 years will look like, but I know this, we're going to go into them like they are our first 10 years in this community. This is a new path, a new place for us to go and make an impact We're beginning a new journey down a path we've never before walked. Like Israel, we're entering upon a new way. So what's so new about this way? What's so new about what happens from here on out? I'll tell you this, there will be new experiences. 
There'll be new problems to solve. There will be new trials to endure, new temptations to meet, new sorrows to bear for us, new opportunities to grasp, new tasks to perform, and new blessings to enjoy. And I think there are five things that will characterize this new path. And here they are. And don't worry, there's, there's five points, but we're good. We're not going to be here for two hours. I saw some of you tighten up a little bit. It's okay. I'll talk fast. First off, this new path, it's going to test our faith. Because we have comfort in knowing what we've always done. And when you're not sure what you're going to do, I don't want to say we're not sure. We have vision and we have, we have plan. But as we move forward... We're facing a new path. And that new path, like Israel, it it presented them with some new tests. As Israel was going into the promised land, they still faced the Jordan River to cross. And if you think about that, some of the people that are crossing the Jordan River didn't necessarily cross through the Red Sea. When you figure 40 years is a long time. Jericho's intimidating walls were on the other side of that. And we, we know there were giants in the land to fight, cities to conquer. And it was only by faith that Joshua was able to lead the Israelites. They were able to overcome those obstacles. No matter what happens in the next 10 years, by faith, we need to be prepared to overcome those obstacles as well. We may see some things looming in the distance that we're just like, I don't know if I want to get into that. But if it's something that we are called to do, God is going to carry us through it. We may not be able to see how it will exactly be accomplished, but we begin the journey just like Joshua. You've never been this way before. But you follow and you take the step and I will lead you. We must press on. We must move down a new path. And so we're all on the same page. You need to know. It will not only test us, but the next thing that a new path will do is point us to God's provision. Only by divine provision was Israel able to cross over the Jordan, cross through the Jordan and defeat Jericho. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21, Isaiah says, Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. Brothers and sisters, we need to be listening for that voice. We need to be into God's word so we can hear that voice saying, This is the way. Walk in it. Israel was only successful when they continued in the will of God. When you look at, the, at the, the wandering in it, and even it coming into Jericho, what happened when they didn't do the will of God? <laughs> Bad things. They didn't do the will of God, and, and snakes showed up in the, in, the, in, the, in the wilderness. I don't want snakes showing up, okay? <laughs> Bad things happen. We will only be successful here in Huntsville Christian Church. We will only be successful in this community if we continue in the will of God. But how does that work? How do we do that? Because God's will for us, it's always connected with his provision. He doesn't just send us somewhere without providing for us, without giving us a way to accomplish it. And when God says go, we must know that he will bless us and help us in going. And when God says do, there is always ample provision for those who have faith to obey. John 10, 4. I like that that's John 10, 4, because that's like an affirmative thing when you're on the CB. 10, 4. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. 10-4? 10-4. Listen to this poem by Alexander, Dr. Alexander Blackburn. This is so fitting for where we are and looking into the future. It is better to walk in the dark with God than to run in the light alone. Yes, better the thorniest, thorniest path ever trod where the briars are thick and our feet unshod. If only we follow his voice and rod, then without him to march to a throne. 
It is better with him when the billows dash high on the breast of the mad Galilee. Though the master may sleep, he will wake at our cry, or he'll come on the wave saying, Peace, it is I. Better this than a calm when he is not nigh, or without him to sail a smooth sea. You know, something I've learned from the past and, and the present that is in the future, the path we face will test us. It will point us to God's provision. And if we are truly seeking his will, the new path will offer certainty. Life is full of unearthly certainties. It, life itself is an uncertainty. Wealth is uncertain. Proverbs 23, 5 says, Cast but a glance at riches and they are gone, for they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. Friendships are uncertain. Our health is uncertain. For our kids, college is uncertain. For some of us, retirement may be uncertain. How and when we start a family may be uncertain. But we have certainties because of the path we walk with God. God is certainty. Russell Lowell wrote that behind the dim unknown stands a God within the shadow keeping watch above his own. Jesus Christ is a certainty. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. The church is a certainty. Matthew 16, 18, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Heaven is a certainty. If some of us are, are claimed by death before this year ends, we know that to die is gain. Philippians 1, 21. Heaven is a certainty for us. 2 Corinthians 5, 1 says, Now we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven not built by human hands. The new path of a new year, it will test us. It will point us to God's provision. It will offer us certainties. And a, a new path will also require something from us. It will require obedience. You know, there are many stories of I like to call them stories of strangeness in the, in the scriptures. Things like David kills a lion with his bare hands. Samson slays the Philistines with the jawbone of a dead donkey. Abraham was required by God to be obedient to the point of almost sacrificing his son. Gideon and his amazing shrinking army that, that fought with, with lights and clay pots and horns. The Israelites collecting manna every day to learn the lesson that God will provide. Elijah receiving, from, receiving food from ravens as a means of survival. A widow providing food for Elijah out of her last ground up meal and oil. And God sustaining her and her son by not allowing them to run out. They always had just enough. Because of obedience. I think about these stories, these stories of strangeness. The priests and the whole Israelite nation marching around Jericho with Joshua, carrying the ark only to blow horns and scream and watch the walls just fall. <laughs> and I think about what God may call us to do. Because I'll tell you this, he might not call you to march around the city and, and blow your horns but he is calling you, he is calling us to go into this city, calling us to purposefully reach into our community with the love of Christ and the transforming power of the gospel. Will you be obedient to that? He may not be calling you to give up your child like, like he did Abraham, but he may be calling you to give up your seat and scoot over to make room for visitors and guests. I appreciate what Brother Ramey said last night. 
He talked about being in his, out of his comfort zone. They came to Huntsville as volunteers from another church, and people said, well, just start one. <laughs> he said, what, are you kidding? <laughs> and they did. I always say, if you listen to Way FM, you'll hear the commercial that we run. And at the end of it, I always say, come visit us. We'll save a seat for you. And then I tell them we're just on the other side of the traffic circle. But I always tell them, we'll save a seat for you. Hey, as the future comes, keep that in mind. When you come in to sit down, come up front. Let the folks coming in last have a seat that, that they don't have to come all the way up to the front. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't planning on you coming in right now, but it was perfect. I, you can't write this, okay? It's just. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. So glad you're here. It was just there. <laughs> that is amazing. Um, that's it. Maybe he's not calling to do something huge. Just scoot over, move up, make room. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that he may not be calling you to stand before a king like Esther, Esther and risk your life to save your people. But he may be calling you to step out of your comfort zone and help out in youth and family ministry as a teacher or a sponsor or, or go out and help lead a future small group or an adult Sunday school class. I don't know what he's calling you to do, but, but listen for it. I'm, I'm pretty sure he isn't calling you to, like David, kill a lion with your bare hands or like Samson to slay the Philistines with the jawbone of a dead donkey. But he has already called you to stand up for what is right. Will you be obedient? And he's called us to be an example of his love. Maybe the only giant that you are called to slay is the giant that is your self-pride or what you think is your reputation. You know, that's the hard part of obedience. Whether, whether it's big or small, we need to be obedient. But either way, at Huntsville Christian Church, I want you to know, as we go into the next 10 years, we will be obedient to what God is calling us to do. We will be obedient in impacting this community. God's grace, that's what I love about God's grace. It shows up in our worst moments, but it never leaves us there. It moves us into better things. And that's what is exciting about a new year and a new path, especially a new path that follows God. Because the new path offers us something. A new path that follows God offers us hope. This is my favorite part about the future. This is why the unknown of the future no longer scares me. It gives us the opportunity to begin again. Louise Fletcher Tarkington wrote this. I wish there were some wonderful place in the land of beginning again, where all our mistakes and all our heartaches and all of our poor selfish grief could be dropped like a shabby old coat at the door and never put on again. That's what a new path with God offers. New hopes, new resolves, new plans, new undertakings, and new opportunities to do better the tasks that are carried over, as I talked about at the beginning. Some things we're going to continue to do, but you know what? We can start doing them better. You know what? Because this is how the future works for us. Just like Joshua chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. And Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. 
Listen, that promise, Joshua 3, 5, the promise of God's working is a promise to us. Huntsville Christian Church, it is time for us to consecrate ourselves, set ourselves apart from the world, and prepare to follow God to the places that we have not been before. I hope you're ready to go there. Whatever choices we're faced with this year, as we come into another season, I don't just want us to get another year older. I'm reminded that how we react to choices this year will decide or will depend on how God provides for us through them. If we choose to follow him, seek after his will and not our own, the provision of God will be different than if we strike out on our own. We can read examples of that all through scripture. Because the bottom line is this. If not Jesus, then who will our master be? No man, no woman can serve two masters. You cannot be Lord of your own life and expect Jesus to guide you into the unknown future. And if not now, then when will you decide to follow him? I've learned from Scripture, our God is patient. He is long-suffering. And the day will come, though, when his patience will be at an end. And if not God's guidance, then who will walk with you into the unknown? You will either walk with God in his will, or the bottom line is we'll walk on our own into that place where you have never been before. The choice is in your hands. And just like in the days of Israel, God is still looking for men like Joshua and Caleb, men who will stand up, and women like Esther, who count the cost and stand for him and his people, or like Mary, who suffered personal disgrace to be obedient to God and deliver our Savior. Those are the people God's looking for. And today, as we look at the future, I don't want to forget the past. And the men and the women who counted the cost when they came into this city, the, the men and the women who, who crossed new paths for God, who planted seeds, who walked a path they had never walked before, and 50 years ago they came together and started a new church in this city. Many of those original members have gone to be with the Lord. And so I've asked some other folks, some other members who, who have been here for a while, who have served at Huntsville Christian Church for some time, I've asked those people to write a prayer, a prayer for the future, for the future of Huntsville Christian Church. And then we put their prayers on stones. And they're going to go ahead, they're going to start bringing those stones up right now. And later on, we're going to take those stones and we're going to set them out in the different gardens and those prayers along our property. If you're one of those people and you've got your stones, go ahead and, and begin to bring those up right now. As we go into the future, not yours. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't get you the memo this morning. Yours either. I just set them right here. I want you to look at these, and, and we'll carry them to the back afterwards so folks can, can look at them and, and read these prayers. And, and like I said, the, the unique thing about this is over the, the course of what's coming, these prayers are going to be on our property. And we have a lot of people that come in during the week and just sit in some of our areas and just pray and just look around and, and take time. And I'll come in all the time, and I'll see somebody, and I'll go over, you doing okay? Yeah, I just needed a place to sit and pray. Hey, anytime. Um, 
here's a neat thing. There's nothing special about these stones. We picked them up at Lowe's. They're just paving stones for your garden. There's nothing special about the people that, that brought them forward just now, except that they are people who through their past have walked through enough uncertain times in life with God. They know the best way to walk into the future is to continue walking with God. And that's why I've asked them to, to make those prayers. And like the nation of Israel had transitions in leadership from Moses and Aaron to Joshua and Caleb, the leadership, Larry, that was your cue, the leadership at Huntsville Christian Church, leadership, <laughs> in 50 years, I have to say the leadership has had transitions here as well. You guys stay here for just a second, if you would. Um, the leadership has made some transitions. And um, there's, there's been some amazing things that have happened here. And when I, think about, when I think about the men that have followed God's call, specifically the men that, that God brought to Huntsville to minister from this church, they've, they've moved on. They've followed the call of God to other ministries and even to other missions worldwide. And I, I got to thinking in 50 years, how many elders and deacons have been through Huntsville Christian Church? I was like, wow, I don't have a, a big enough mind to really fathom that because I think over the past 50 years, the men who have stepped up to lead in different seasons, if you could draw ourselves out and look at the ripple effect of those men and where they're serving now and what they're doing now, I think the ripple effect would be amazing. And in the same fashion as those from the early days, I've asked our elders and Andy and myself, and, and we've written a prayer for the future of Huntsville Christian Church as well. And right now, that's what I want to do. We're going to pray. Uh, we're going to pray for Huntsville Christian Church. So will you join me? Father God, I thank you. I thank you for this place, your bride. Just a small portion of your bride here in Huntsville. And our prayer for Huntsville Christian Church is that we will be used by you to transform our city for, for your glory by reaching into it with the love of Christ and the transforming power of the gospel. I pray that Huntsville Christian Church will love boldly, serve humbly, share unconditionally, that we'll connect unselfishly, and that whatever your plan is, Lord, for the future, that we will follow you submissively. Help us, help us as leaders to prepare your bride for the wedding day. Help us to do a good job of, of loving the people that you've entrusted us with. Help us to be good stewards of the, the monies that you've given, that we can impact, uh, not just pay bills, but impact the community, impact society, impact our world for you. Father God, as we look to the future, we just don't know what it holds, but we know because you are part of our present, we have a hope, a hope that will endure and a hope that will, will change lives. I thank you for those who have come before us and I pray that, Lord, as, as we just take a minute to prepare for a communion, that you'll prepare our hearts, that your word will resonate with us, that the sacrifice of your son will, will be, we'll be reminded of it. Lord, I pray that we will follow where you lead and that we'll not be afraid of the future any longer. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.